Well, hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Today, I have a new friend for you to meet. You're gonna love her. I know I say it every time, but we do our best to bring guests on that we know you will resonate with and also guests that you might find surprising. But this one, you are going to resonate with Carrie Garcia. She is the founder of the Freedom Movement. We're talking all things freedom, all things story. This message is going to continue to encourage you, to spur you on, to keep going. It is costly to live a life where Christ is is most in, and most high. He is the center point of your life. And that means you will have freedom and it does have cost. So Carrie's gonna walk us through her story and encourage us to keep going. But before we jump into that, I need to make this announcement. Revelation Wellness Outdoor Leadership Training, known as Rev Wild, is back. Squad three is now open for registration. Whether you're a seasoned outdoors enthusiast or you simply want to learn how to experience the presence of God in the wilderness, Rev Wild will equip you to use the adventure of the outdoors to facilitate community experiences centered around loving God, getting healthy, being whole, and loving others. Through Rev Wild, you will learn practical skills needed to safely and successfully lead others outdoors in whatever way it might be, maybe in a hike or biking or camping or rock climbing or boating you will learn how to take people out in a way that brings them back to life. Connection to God and a world around them, putting our phones down. I know it sounds crazy, but my goodness, how quickly your brain and body and family and friends will benefit. So come through RevWild training. We'll teach you the basics. Literally, we designed this program. I told my team when we felt this call to do this, I said, listen, I don't know anything about the outdoors. Teach me. If I don't get it, then no one else is going to get it. So this is for the novice, for the person that's like, I wouldn't know how to sew a button, much less start a fire. These are things that we can know and get back outdoors, get to the simple things in life. So RevWild will train you and prepare your whole self for wilderness moments of life. True, it'll translate over to your hard moments in life. 10 weeks of online training starts in June and it culminates with a four-day outdoor adventure experience in Colorado mountains in August. That sounds lovely. Come on, let's go. COVID pushed us back for a while, guys, but we're back. Squad 3 Rev Wild swipe up on the show notes. There's a link there for you to go and learn more information. Remember, this ministry is all about raising up healthy disciples, raising up healthy disciples and sending them out. So we use these tools, getting in our body, which you're going to about to hear more from Carrie right now, to get back in our bodies. Our bodies know. And as we take them outdoors and take them on walks or do things that are challenging to them, appropriately challenging, we find a connection with God that we cannot find in more information or more reading or more studying. Not that those are bad, but we need more. We need integration. All right, guys, enjoy this podcast. Rev Wild Squad 3. I can't wait to sign to be with you, to see you in your classes and out there bringing hearts alive. Peace. Hey, Revelation Wellness community, another new friend to introduce you to today. Today, Carrie Garcia is here and she is the founder of Freedom Movement and Freedom Academy, an author, a speaker. All, I mean, keyword freedom. Our people just said 
you can't give us enough of that. Carrie, talk to us about freedom. First, tell us who you are, where you're at, and then let's get into this concept. Awesome. Well, I'm super glad to be with you guys. Um, this kind of what you guys cover and encompass is so important to me. It it mm-hmm. it it hits deep within the places of my story. Um, but I am, yeah, I'm a wife and a mom and I run a nonprofit organization called Freedom Movement. I also run a for-profit organization with my husband called Five Five, which is a creative um, a company. And then I'm also a pastor at a church, one of the teaching pastors at a church. And so I have my hands and kind of things everywhere, but at the end Thank of the you. day, always bringing and desiring to bring, what does it look like for us to be honest about where we're at mm-hmm. and how can God meet us in the honest places of our hearts so that we can stop behavior modification and move into heart transformation, heart Amen. transformation. So that's, yeah. that's like my passion. That's my holy discontent on the land. That's, that's what Amen. I want to see happen. Amen. And where are you? What part of the United States? I am currently in Chicago. We have lived all over, but we just moved here a little over a year ago. And that's, we're from Southern California. And so we're in Chicago. Woo, right now. Southern California to Chicago. How's <laughs> that? Uh, how have you adapted to that? Yeah, just one word, cold. It's just cold. It's I'm out. Just... I'm out. When I got married, I, I pulled out the map and I showed my husband right here is where we, you can get all crazy up in this sun belt right here. I'm a native yeah. of Arizona. So if I don't have sun or heat, like in some way, mm-hmm. I'm yep. just withering in a corner, but God bless. Yeah. Someone yeah. has to live in Chicago. Yeah. So I'm glad yep. you're there setting cap We're here. Spring. We sure are. So tell us a little bit of your story. I know there's some addiction in your background, um, right? If we're talking freedom, then you must know some bondage, right? Mm -hmm. We walk with authority when we know something we walked in and through. Mm -hmm. So could you unpack that a little bit so we find out how God brought you to freedom movement? Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. I know for many of you guys, you guys are logging on, you're listening to this because for some reason you have walked into this environment where you go, man, I want... I want something more for my life, that whatever I'm putting my hands to is not satiating the deep need I have inside of me. That's, that's, that's why you're even listening to this because you Uh are looking for, um, different than just a a cognitive, uh, experience, but you're wanting a resonance to, to go deep into your heart and to go, okay, I actually want more for my life. And that is really my story. And I think that's just the human experience. I think we mm-hmm. long for Eden. We long for the mm-hmm. goodness of what was. Like our bodies know something of this isn't how it's supposed to be. And it longs for what was and and what it was created for. And so my story is not so much different. It might it might have manifested itself in in unique ways to me and and maybe even not in unique ways. You know, pastor's kid, grew up in the home. Everyone showed up to church on Sunday morning playing the part, looking great, but no one really, really talked about what was going on inside our home, which was my mom's pervasive eating disorder from the time she was 13 until mm. she actually took her life at 50. Mm. We didn't we didn't talk about her eating disorder. We didn't talk about her mental illness. There was mm. not a space for that in the yeah. church. We were kind Come of just on. taught yeah. like, give it to God and read the scriptures and mm-hmm. then maybe God, you know, Jesus juice will fall on you and, and you'll just change. And the problem was, is what we really were teaching was just keep modifying your behavior after behavior, behavior. And then eventually with so much behavior modification, your heart would change. And that's, that's really just not the case. And so for me, you know, you mentioned addiction. Yes. When you are living in a home where it's chaotic and no one's naming the truth, but your body knows 
this yes. is wrong. Something is off. Yes. I had to numb some of those really big feelings. And I, yeah. I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't live in, you know, being a kind of like a truth teller that I am. I couldn't live in an environment where we, where I saw the brokenness and no one was naming it. So I just had to numb. And so for about 10 years of my life, I numbed with, um, drugs, meth, uh, was my drug of choice. And, and mm. then I got off drugs and I was like, all right, I know what I'll do. I, I mean, if I keep doing drugs, I'm going to die. So I, I got off drugs and detoxed for a few days and then went straight into ministry. Cause I thought, you know what? Ministry will be the thing that saves me. Yeah. And I just started telling my testimony and, and there's nothing wrong in essence with sharing what God had rescued me from, which was drug addiction. But the problem was I'd never really dealt with why I even did drugs in the first place. Oh, so I just go. kind of was talking about like this addiction when in reality, I was just moving into another addiction, which was ministry. Yes. And then you followed that up with the ministry didn't solve itself and um, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel fill the hole that I was experiencing. It just left me longing, just like drugs did. It, it left me longing because Jesus wasn't actually in the ministry per se. He wanted a relationship with me that tended to the fragile, broken places of my story rather than just seeing me be good or do yeah. right. Or get to work um, for him. Yeah. Yeah. And do work for him. And and so when everything had fallen apart, ministry had fallen apart, my marriage had fallen apart. I mean, I had just gone off the deep end legitimately. I almost took my life. It was a really dark season for me. And I just wanted some control. And then I got into fitness and I just poured myself into controlling and yeah. shaping my body. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, and I, you know, we, I came from a very performance home. So my mom was beautiful, stunning, small, little tiny body. My dad was a bodybuilder preacher. So body image was always a thing for me. And it was something that I could control. I couldn't be bulimic like my mom. I just didn't have that within me, but I could control my exercise and control mm -hmm. my body. And so, um, just trained for a really long time for Miss Fitness USA, became, ran my own training business and really poured myself into it hours and hours and hours in the gym. Um, and, and just got to the point where I had accomplished all of these things and again, found myself lacking. Like nothing was saying, drugs didn't fill me. Ministry didn't fill me. You know, uh, the, the perception of this perfect body didn't mm -hmm. fill me. And it was just like, what is going wow. on? And, and that's when I was like, I have got to deal with what is going on beneath the surface. What are the stories that are driving so much of this behavior? So what, what did you do? Did something come, like someone come for you, someone teach you what you now know? I mean, what... First of all, I'd love to know first, how old were you then when that, when it was like, it's just continually chasing after something that doesn't satisfy. Yeah. I was probably, that was about 27 years old. It's, it was okay. simultaneously when I, I was sitting at a stop sign and, and was about ready to, to end my life with a bus that was coming. And, um, it, it was a very traumatic and dramatic moment for me. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't, I would say that that was the moment that I turned the car around okay. and went and asked for help. Um, but that was then the beginning of about a two year journey of really sitting in some spiritual formation, sitting with a therapist for tw twice yes. a week for two yes. years, yeah. um, really going, what is the story here? Mm -hmm. And why am I really such an addict 
to mm. so many environments mm-hmm. and, um, and really just getting into the depth of that story. So, so that's kind of, it okay. was that moment of, I'm going to actually take my life like this. Mm-hmm. I am done. I've, I am disqualified. I am mm-hmm. ruined. I am used mm-hmm. goods. I'm looking at my story and I'm mm-hmm. going, you have failed at every mark. That's my mm-hmm. perception. Mm-hmm. And really there was data to Mac, Mac, you know, back that up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really was done. And so that, that moment, that pivotal moment in that car where, where I heard God say, I, I know everything you've ever done. And if you turn this car around, um, we're going to do this together. And I yeah. didn't really have a lot of faith. Like I was kind of, I mean, I wish I could say like, oh my gosh, it was like, I had all this faith. It was like this little half of a mustard seed yeah. that just said like, maybe just maybe what this God that I grew up hearing about, maybe just maybe he actually cares about the stories that no one wants me to talk about. Like they all want me to talk about, you know, my mom's suicide and my drug addiction and my parents' divorce and all these things that I had seemingly recovered from, but they didn't want me to talk about what it was like being a little girl in my home. They didn't want me to, they didn't really want to go there. They didn't want mm-hmm. to talk about that kind of abuse, that mm-hmm. kind of role that I had to play in my home. And so, and so, but God did, God was yeah. like, I want to deal with the roots of these things. So let's talk about story work because you, you've said that story, story, tell us what that means to you and how people can use it. Well, we, I mean, we're a storied people. We just, we yeah. are a storied people. So many of us come to Jesus and we say, Oh, you know, like we take what Paul says out of context and say, well, what was, you know, what I, I leave what's behind me. I step into what I'm a new creation. The old is gone. Behold yeah, the new. Yeah. And really what he's talking about there is purpose. He's not talking about story because really what we're saying is if we, we get rid of the old, then we actually cannot process through what it means to become sanctified, to really step into the wholeness of what, what God and, and who God has us created to be. And so story work is really taking those stories, those beginning stories, that shaped us when we didn't have the ability to fight back, when we didn't have the cognitive recognition to say, you know, as an eight-year-old, as a four-year-old or whatever, as these rejections came in, these wounds came in, these trauma Mm -hmm. experiences came in, we didn't have the ability at eight to go, wait a minute, that's not true. Um, no, we, we go, man, that feels true. And in order to keep belonging, to stay loved, to stay seen, to stay known, I need to bend to some of these narratives that I'm believing. And so what story work does is goes back and says, okay, what are some of those shaping stories that have created a narrative for me that has caused me to love the way I love or lack thereof, believe in God the way I believe and see, see the world the way I see it. And what it does is allow Jesus to come into those stories and begin to heal and mm. change the narrative, to bring us back to who he created us to be and to, to break those agreements with a very real enemy that has been yes. against our very souls. Yes. Could you share with our audience maybe some of your agreements based on a story moment, kind of plot a little association of that, your story and the agreement? Sure. I mean, gosh, there's lots, but I would say, so there's a story when I was five years old, um, I was on a stage and I, I didn't know anything, but 
but what was in front of me. I was in a play. I don't remember what part it was. In my head, I was the main character, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, the, the play is over. I begin, I come off the stage and I just like knew in my body, there's something like the, the audience needs more of me. They need me to get out there. And so my little five-year-old self is holding onto this rope and uh, behind the stage. And I like, I had this moment, like, do I break away and step back onto the stage and give the people what they want? You know, yeah. in my mind, this is the truth. I yeah. break away. I find my way through the, the drama curtain and I, I bust out onto the stage as everyone's leaving. And I began to sing some silly song and, and, and just kind of like feel my best moment. And everyone just turns yeah. around and is like, you know, what's going on here? They sit down and the teacher comes out and kind of pulls me off the stage. And I'm like, you know, make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh, you know, doing this whole, this whole thing. Right. <laughs> waka waka. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, I, I look back and I go, man, in that moment, there was this, there was no fear. There was a little bit of like rebellion to step into who I was to break free from kind of the line that everyone was in. And I know in that moment, the enemy saw this unbridled goodness, like wow. this yeah. freedom that was intoxicating, yeah. that, that made the room stop and sit in this little five-year-old that was able to capture within her essence, a moment of just pure freedom. Mm. And I would say that a, a belief system that I had was as he saw that goodness, he began to assault that freedom with words like people saying, gosh, Carrie, you're so loud. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. Carrie, you're too much for the room. Mm -hmm. My mom even having so much envy of my freedom because she couldn't live in that. Mm -hmm. And as she parented me, parented me through the grid of stay small. I, in fact, if you get too big, I'm going to pull my love away from you. So yeah. really being in a battle yeah. for my voice, mm -hmm. for my whole body to present itself in its fullness, yeah. I always felt like I... I was too, too much, too loud for the room. Mm. And that if I were truly myself and showed up as I really, truly felt in that moment that either people would leave me because I had data for that or they would die because I had data for that. Because when I was a kid, you know, I mean, later on in my years, like if a mom really loves you, she would stay alive. So it must have been something I did. I was too much for her that caused her to die. So doing this work allowed me to come back to the little girl that was like, wait a minute, that, mm. that just was not true. That was my mom's flawed brokenness yeah. Yeah. kind of falling onto me and the yeah. enemy partnering with that to create a narrative to keep me quiet because he knew that if this mouth was unlocked, that same little girl that broke off of the little rope onto the stage to bring goodness and freedom to the room, that same girl unleashed and in the hands of God would rattle the gates of hell. With the many women I'm sure you've worked with, or, and do you work, do men or is it just men and women? Through men and women. Okay. Men and when we do, we do women events, like large scale events, but all of our training, academy training is for men and women. So on the opposite side of that coin, because I know I know a lot of people who it's that I was too much. I was always mm -hmm. stepping out and right. getting, you know, pulled back or shamed for it. What's the story of someone who's listening where they go, I that was never me. I always mm -hmm. stayed back in the shadows. Like I mm -hmm. what is there any, you know, anything you can speak to them about their story of freedom mm -hmm. in stepping into their call? Yeah. I mean, the the ironic part is. 
is that we all feel like we're too much. Yeah. And we all feel like we're not enough. That that's <laughs> right. the irony right. of this Ding. conversation. Yeah. Yep. You know, we all we all carry both of that in whatever space we are. Uh, I would say whatever way that you approach life that you know betrays or compromises the deep desires in your heart, the play, the desire that you want to bring to the world, the goodness that you want to bring, whether that's on a stage in like that kind of bigger atmosphere or whether that's one-on-one speaking to a gentle heart, whatever makes you betray betray. By betray means I'm going to hold back in some way. I, I don't care if it's big or if it's it's small, they, they, it all matters. Um, but when we are called, when we feel the calling to betray ourselves because we will lose belonging, you can always know that the enemy's hand is at play and that there's a narrative for that girl, let's say, or that guy who just thought, you know what, I'm going to put my head in the sand. I'm just going to ignore what's going on. Mm -hmm. They had to do that Mm -hmm. to survive the environment of their home, to be able to stay in belonging in some fashion. Mm -hmm. They had to silence or become invisible or become the peacemaker so that yep. they could stay in connection in some yeah. way. Now, this is not survive. This is surviving. This is not thriving, but can we bless the one the, all of us who had to function and all of us did in some way function to stay alive? And I know that yeah. sounds dramatic, but that's how our body operates. I yeah. need to stay alive here. I need to stay in connection yeah. in some form, even if it's really, really thin, the connection. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I will in some way compromise. I will betray some way my own personhood mm-hmm. so that I can stay in some kind of false sense of connection and relationship. Amen. Truth. So when you went from, okay, started doing the work, the story going, the Lord said, we can do this together. And you had that half a mustard seed of mm-hmm. hope. I mean, what did life, you know, that's that, that turning point that has cost you one, you started therapy, like costly yeah. in time and investment, but what else did it cost you? Because you literally are undoing the whole story of who, the narrative of who Carrie is mm-hmm. to now this new narrative what did it cost you in that exchange relationally, emotionally, just hit some of those places. So people, cause I know there are people that are walking your story and going, they're feeling it today. The cost, mm-hmm. is it worth it? But could you put some of that language around the cost? Yeah. Um, it's costly. Yes. What's more costly for me was living. I didn't even have the words to understand what my body felt. And when I started doing this work, it was like, I'm not crazy. Oh my mm. gosh, I'm not crazy. Yeah, that's a good and, statement. Truth. Yeah. And I I it even though it was hard, I will say the hardest thing for me was to break loyalties. Mm. Loyalties that I have in this world. Now, I would say, you know, especially with my father, there was an unhealthy loyalty to protect him. Um, and, and he knows this, we've, we've gone through a lot of work together in this, but there was a lot of loyalty to protect him, to stay in the role that I felt like I had to be in as his daughter, but also as his companion, as mm-hmm. his counselor, all of these things. Cause my mom was not present in that role for him. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and yet that kind of pressure it put on me, moved me from childhood into adulthood and to hearing adult things very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I would say was one of the costly things was I had to break 
what was a, a loyalty in the sense of he was an idol in front of God. I was loyal to uh, him yeah, and yeah. his thoughts of me, his feelings of me, his care of me, what he thought of me, everything went through the grid of my father and then wow. God. Wow. And what Jesus was doing in the process of this work was actually freeing me from idol worship. Right. And, and, and from moving me from a relationship that was dysfunctional and bringing harm in essence with my father and freeing me to actually place God into his proper place and move yeah. my father into his proper place. Can I love my dad? Yes. Can I be loyal as, as a good friend, as a daughter? You know, can I respect him and honor him? Yes to all those things. But for him to be the number one, the most enmeshed intimate relationship in my life, that was wreaking havoc wow. on how yeah. I saw love, how I saw God, how I saw yeah. my marriage, how I saw my kids every everything. And so, yes, that was costly. That caused a big fissure in our relationship for a long time. The Lord has brought since some repair there, which has been beautiful, but it took time. But so, so that would be costly. That was costly, but it was so freeing. My marriage is thriving in ways it never would have because, because now my husband is in the proper place because my dad was even over my husband, you know, so it, that needed to happen. So good. So, so good. Let's talk about the mind-body connection in all this, Mm -hmm. the importance of it. What gives some language to the mind-body connection in moving from bondage to freedom? Mm -hmm. I I think we do not trust our bodies. We have been um, taught in the church that our bodies are bad, mm-hmm. um, to disassociate from your body, that it needs to be all of, you know, just focus on the scripture, do what's <laughs> right. You know, God works all things for good, you know, just kind of stay in your head. I think the problem is, is that we know that all sin, all pain, it actually originates in the heart. We know yeah. this from even Cain and Abel, you know, like yeah. it, it's a heart issue. It's from a discontented heart. Yeah, and so to disconnect right. ourselves from our bodies is to really disconnect ourselves from the housing of the Holy Spirit where truth is going to resonate. My body knew that something was wrong. So I have had severe depression, severe Mm. anxiety for, I've been medicated for so much of my life because my body was like giving these signals that says there is unresolved pain Yes, and it girl. needs to be tended to. And so to really, if the Bible says in First Thessalonians that we are body, mind, and spirit, that true soul care is not to, it's not just mind, it's not just spirit, it's body, mind, and spirit. And mm-hmm. all of those things have to be tended to. I say it's kind of like this, like these three puzzle pieces that come together. Once they lock in, it's like, it turns. And Mm. once it all turns, it opens up for Mm. the will to be shaped, for the will to be led and for sanctification to pour in. So to deny the body is to really deny the fact that Jesus came to earth with a body. That Isn't it true? Yeah. Yeah. He encount he he had a body. And this yeah. is so important for us to understand. Right. And yet think about how much assault has come to you in relation to your body. I would say first and foremost, most of us 
have had assault against our body. And yet it's the last thing that we will even tend to, tend to not beat up, not try to shape, but tend to, because I think the enemy knows once the body is unlocked and once the body is seen as good and set free, um, there is, there is so much goodness to come. Amen. There's no stopping a person who then houses the Holy Spirit and actually embodies yes. the active living God. Like he knows it. If he can keep us in our heads, disconnected from our body, from our emotions, from our will, all that. But I, I so you're so right. I felt like he's just been camping out on this part of like the church is afraid to talk about the body. They don't know how to address it. It's too, it's a can of worms. We'll just leave that over there. We'll leave it to the purity culture. turns out that didn't do well. So it's like everyone's just punting it going, can we come with our pain, come with our story, come with this, this body, our body knows before our mind knows we, we, before we had cognitive language to put things, we experienced a baby cries when they're cold. It's not saying I'm cold. It is cold. Baby cries when he's hungry or whatever. It's this God's innate way for us to be closest primarily to him before we had words and in our mother's womb, like he's going that far back. And like, man, if Satan knows he's losing ground here, um, but it's also a bigger, slower story. Cause it's hard to turn the Titanic for people mm-hmm. with, we just want to read more scripture, take more Bible study, go to another conference, like information, information, like it's not turning the Titanic, but right. well, I mean, think about the risk of that. You're asking people to actually come close to their body and their bodies have experienced so much harm. Amen. So we're asking them to, to yes. step into something very risky. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet in the same breath, we're asking them to hope again and, mm. and to, and hope is so intoxicating. And it's also so terrifying because mm. if I hope again, I will be mm-hmm. let down. I will be hurt. And, and so hope I'm to ask someone to hope is to ask someone to risk. It's hope is birthed in death. It's when, I mean, we know this by Jesus, right? He had to die so he can rise. And so we're asking them to touch on the places where death in our stories and our bodies have occurred so that hope can rise. But we, we want to manufacture hope by, by passing over death. And if Jesus Uh. couldn't do it, neither could we. Come on. And there's the cost, right? Like mm-hmm. some things are going to die, but you gain what you gain is just far, far, beyond. far beyond. All right. So then let's circle back to mind body connection that started coming alive for you. You had a disordered connection before with fitness and health. What does it look like now for you? Food and exercise? Like what's your, how's God redeemed that? Um, I think it looks a lot more kind. That's the uh, word. Amen. It's just, it's just a looked a lot more kind. I take a, I, it's so funny. The more healing I received, the less I could do. Um, when I wasn't super healed, <laughs> I could do a lot. My, I'm a very big plate person. As you heard, I've, I've got many businesses and stuff. Yeah. Um, but as I've become to heal more, I need a lot more time of tending, a lot mm. more care. I can do less, but what I do do. Um, I do with the fullness. I, I do it from a full cup. Not always, but majority, you know, I try to. Mm. Um, and so fitness and food, food was a very strong addiction for me. And on the sense of controlling food rather than like so much, you know, I so much overeating. Was not, it, yeah. yeah. That was not, that was probably not the area, although definitely I've had those pendulum swings. Um, and it's just kind of like, so, so for instance, Lately, I I haven't been able to step back in the gym for many years. The gym was a very triggering place for me. Um, And 
And yet lately the Lord has been, this is kind of currently has been brought bringing me back to really needing to move my body in a way that, that brought like, I want to say like homeostasis, like this place of like full connection. And so I actually started doing Pilates on oh, the yeah. reformer. And so I, I went and I only went, gosh, a couple months ago. I mean, it's been a while. So I'll walk and I'll do, a, you know, I do a lot of um, sitting in my car, a lot of meditation, just yeah. really like focusing on, but I knew I needed to move my body in a way that was bringing that mind body connection because Pilates, you really do have to kind of engage your Focus. mind in it. Yeah. And so the first day I was there, I literally was laying on the reformer and tears start coming down my face. Wow. And Come I just on. kept thinking, this is so kind for you. Now, was I sweating? No. I mean, it's so against, you know, it's so like foreign to be in a situation like that where I'm not beating up my body yeah. and feeling like I'm still doing something good for it. Yeah. And I am focusing on all of these little internal muscles that no one would ever see, that no one would ever care about, you know, because they don't show right now on the outside. And the Lord just spoke to me, Carrie, this is story work. This is a part of that story going into the, like the, the little ligaments and the little places. And so I have seen this as an opportunity of kindness towards my body. And it is I love going now. It it is such a place because I did really like exercise. It's just was such a a a wounding place. A beat. Yeah. A beat down. And now Mm -hmm. it has been such a a full circle. But let me tell you something. That has been years for me to get to even that point. So be kind yeah, right. to the journey of That's that, right. of knowing That's right. like it has only been in the past couple of months that I've actually stepped even back into a, a, a actual environment facility. of fitness. Yeah. 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 That's Which a good wild. word. That's a good word. I love that. And it is, I, I do Pilates and I just, all I can think is this is a slow death. I'm dying because it's tiny, <laughs> it is. but I love that the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. speaking to you to go, this is how I'm accessing deeper parts of your mind, body connection. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I think for other listeners, it might be doing the walks or, or mm-hmm. going for a run, but it all comes down to, am I running from something? Am I beating myself up? Mm-hmm. What is it? What brings me fully alive to the presence of God. Like whatever that is, go do more of that and go explore it and be kind. Like it's not a hurry up to get there. Mm -hmm. The journey is the journey. And it might mean taking a break from those exercise moments. And that that really was the kindest thing I could do was to press pause on that and really focus on that one piece you know, was the spirit for a while and then was the mind piece for a while. And now God's really brought me back to the body piece. And so just trust his leading, trust his leading. What would you say to someone you want to encourage that needs encouragement to go after their healing? Mm. I would say first and foremost, um, it's time to get more honest. It's time to be more honest that the invitation of all of this is where do you need to be more honest in your story? What are you covering up? You know, and you might think I don't even have a story. Here's what I want to tell you. Of course you have a story because there is a God that is for you and there's an enemy that's against you. You have been formed by your father's hands in your mother's womb and you have been shaped by a world. The Lord wants to reform that shaping. And so all of us, not one of you doesn't have a story. So what 
little pieces of your story do you need to get honest with? Where is God inviting you into? And even if you feel like it's small, it's not small to God. Yeah. Um, and it's not small in how it's shaped you. Yeah. So that that's my invitation. I say to everybody, where do you need to get honest and where yeah. do you need to step in? And what yeah. feels like that's something I actually don't want to talk about? That's where I would say, what does it look like to have kindness and tending to around that? Good. So good. So y'all, you can find out more about this. Uh, tell people about Freedom Academy and the Freedom Movement and Freedom Academy a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Freedom Movement's just the mothership. We house a lot of things. We do a tour one tour currently. Um, it's called On the Light Tour. We have a couple of stops left. Um, that's kind of one of the things we do. And the other thing that we do that I really pour a lot of my time and energy into is Freedom Academy, which is a three-day intensive where we touch on a lot about your body and your mind and God. God's word and how does that all intersect together? How do I engage my story? But then how do I sit with others? How do I, when someone shares something that's painful, how, how do I ask good questions without trying to fix them or push them away or feel awkward? What do I do when my spouse says something, when my kids say something? How do I engage my own story with kindness? Um, so we do that for two and a half days. We kind of walk you through um, what it looks like to not just engage your story. And, and this is the beginning trainings. We do a lot of other trainings after that. You're not going to bring in a story. You're not going to, we're not going to like expose your story for everyone yeah. to see, but we start understanding that in fact, you do have a story that the enemy in fact has begun a narrative and you start to kind of see what that is. And then we really teach you how to sit and hold space for other stories and your story through the grid of God's word, through the grid of some psychology and therapy, and then through the grid of some coaching methods. So you leave there with a lot of tools on how to engage the world around you and how to engage your own story. And does that happen in a certain place? Is it online? Is it... Mm -hmm. It's in person and it's pretty small. I try to only take about 30 because it's, it's okay. a pretty, it's pretty intensive work, but uh, there's numerous people. They can tell you, tell you all yeah. over our website that this work has been some of the most transformative work. Totally. And so the next one we have coming up is in April. Um, that's in Chicago here in my, my state. Um, so you can come and do that here. It's all in person. There's a bunch that are around people host them and I come and do them. Um, but this one is the one that I personally put on. And, um, and so you can come and you can Perfect. sign up. Um, um, you can go to wearefreedommovement.org. You can sign up for Freedom Academy there, or you can go to kerrygarcia.com. You can sign up for Freedom Academy there. We'll put all of this in the show notes. And hey, bonus, Chicago in April. You're going to be okay, everyone. You're not going to need your right. heavy coat. No. Yeah, or maybe, but <laughs> maybe. Oh gosh, <laughs> probably not your heavy coat. Your you'll need a coat, coat though. You'll okay. need a coat, but not okay. your sleeping bag coat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before you go, Carrie, we love to do these rapid fire questions at the end. Okay. Um, first thing, uh, coffee, tea, or kombucha? What's your go-to? Always tea. Got it right here. Currently. Oh, look at you! What yeah, kind? Just always. iced tea. You're an iced Black tea girl. Tea, no sweetener, no water. This is it. No, That's nothing straight. in it. Straight nothing. up, just yep. the herbs. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Hardcore. That's right. Um, favorite way to move your body? I think we just learned right now. It's Pilates is right Maybe. now. I'm loving it. Awesome. Loving it. Awesome. Um, and then your favorite workout apparel? Where do you shop or find it? 
Well, my husband has been contracted with Lululemon for seven years. So I have quite a bit of Lululemon. You stuff. have no lack for the Align pant or no. the Wonder Under. You're wonderly, underly all. covered. <laughs> I have it all, which is hysterical because literally for like four years now, you I haven't worked out until recently. So I'm girl, like walking in. All your Pilates mood. studio is like, what's up with yeah. this gal? They're like, wow, she's really rich. And little do they know I'm in ministry. So <laughs> I am not rich. <laughs> Stockpiling. It's the favor of the Lord. He knew you were yes. going to be coming out in four years and you're yeah. going to make it hot. Look good. He knew. He knew. All right. All right. Well, you guys, so good. Carrie, thank you for being here. I have a feeling you're going to get some friends and followers out of our community. It's we're definitely traveling in the same direction, making Christ famous and freedom abounding on the earth. Amen. Amen. Well, thank Thanks, you for girl. having me. You're so welcome. Come back sometime soon. Love it.